I'm a doctor, a father, an American, an Indian. I've had conversations about life from every angle, and as I've navigated the South Asian experience, I share stories of people and their purpose. And what they're saying over and over again is, trust me, I know what I'm doing. I'm Abhay Dandekar, and on the next Trust Me, I Know What I'm Doing, a conversation with writer, playwright, and co-creator of the musical Bangin' It, Rehana Lumirza. Stay tuned. Bhangra, it's one of the few things that tends to serve as a guaranteed connector within our global South Asian community. Not just that, but it often forms the spoke of guaranteed intrigue, outreach, and inclusion in connecting to literally everyone and anyone else. Speaking of guarantees, I'm grateful to you for listening to the show and sharing it with your friends, for subscribing to the podcast on your favorite outlet, and for following us on social media at Dr. Abhaydarnika. So my super cool, not-so-desi brother-in-law Tom is from Chico, California, and he's a killer Bhangra dancer, mainly because his Bhangra roots were formed in college at Berkeley on the dance floor with my sister and many others who were enjoying Bhangra as the great integrator of dance, music, spirit, and evergreen youth. Now, college Bhangra has long been a vehicle of this expression, competition, creativity, and youth culture. And for Rehana Lu Mirza, this became the magical substrate in helping create the new dance musical, Bangin' It, which finished a run in San Diego and is set to start again later this year in Boston at the Huntington Theater. Rehana is an award-winning writer and playwright, and her own mixed-race American experience in being the daughter of Filipino and Pakistani immigrants, as well as her post-college exploration of Bhangra dance competitions, have informed this latest presentation, which she co-wrote with her husband Mike. Going beyond a vivid storytelling through music and dance, Bangin' It is a meditation on complicated evolving identities, and ultimately college Bhangra's definitive imperative of inclusion and belonging. A recent New York Times article stated that Rahana was a Bangra superfan, and as we caught up, I asked her if indeed this was true. Unfortunately, I think so. <laughs> For me, I always was very proud of it, but I realized after that article came out that it does seem very nerdy of me, but I am who I am, <laughs> so I'm going to just have to embrace that. Yeah, yeah. You know, what's funny is I realized when I was in my 20s, I fallen into the Bhangra scene. I just like, you know, had heard about it and started going and started trading writing classes for places to crash and tickets for the shows and just following teams around. <laughs> and, and it was so much fun. And I think at that particular age, you can kind of do that. You can, you know, go where the wind blows and explore a bit. And for me, it was a lot about connecting to a South Asian community and a, and a greater South Asian American culture because Bhangra competitions are so inherently American with that South Asian roots. Is that something that you had in, in college also? And, or, or was it something that sort of was a post-college, hey, this is a great way to connect back to, to these groups? It was definitely post-college, like the, my search for community, because in college itself, I went to NYU Tisch for dramatic writing. I always knew I was yeah. going to be a writer. And I was the only South Asian person in the program. It felt at huh. times that I was the only South Asian person in all of Tish, <laughs> uh, to the point where, you know, for my senior thesis, I, I had written a screenplay uh, about a South Asian sister dynamic. And uh, one of the 
industry professionals that had come in was tactfully trying to say these characters don't get produced on the screen. Yeah. These kinds of characters, just realistically speaking. Sure. And my thesis advisor was so upset about this and the two of them started getting in a fight <laughs> in front of me. <laughs> and that's when I realized, oh, I need to find a community. <laughs> That's sort of a mentorship moment right there, right? Yeah, completely. Was this idea of searching and, and discovering and in some ways kind of finding a home and belonging to this Bangra competition community, I'm imagining that this was a journey or an evolution of some sorts that sort of stemmed from childhood. And, and I understand that, that you're of a mixed race background with Filipino American as well. Tell me a little bit about how you landed going from your childhood and to Tish and, and now in some ways sort of like landing on the idea that the Bhangra community was going to be one where you really sort of felt you belonged. You know, what's interesting is that the director of Banganet, Stafford Arima, sort of on the first day said, we're all misfits. We belong nowhere. And that's how we ended up here. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Very true. And for... For me, the search for community is ongoing and ever and ever shifting. You know, as I go through different phases of my life, you know, I find my my life circumstances change, and I'm and I'm constantly looking for where I fit in the world. And I think the world itself changes too, so it kind of keeps you on your toes. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, like at that time, what the Bungra community offered was sort of the youthful dynamic, this energy, this joy, this welcoming nature, the the parties, the, you know, the drama behind the stage and on the stage and yeah. all of that just, it was like, it was like candy. I couldn't get enough of it. And I ended up writing a screenplay about it to sort of get it out of my system in some ways, because honestly, I can't dance at all. And I would never, ever make it on a Bhangra team. I think right. I wouldn't even make it into the auditions for a Bhangra team. It would weed me out as I was walking to the door. So for me, like that part of it just opened a window into what South Asian American community could look like. Was that window closed earlier? You mean when I was as a child? Yeah. Or, or like, you know, did it feel like there weren't sort of openings in, in that window enough for you to feel maybe comfortable to jump in or, or embrace it or for it to embrace you for that matter. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It's like as a young adult, you're trying to figure out who your, who your peers are and who your group is. And as a child, you were sort of dictated who that was. I think that the, a lot of commonalities among South Asian Americans are being dragged to house parties after house parties and the cars all lining up and sure. falling asleep in the coat closet, waiting for your parents <laughs> to wrap up their conversations. I just love the banter with, you know, a million shoes at the front doorway. <laughs> yeah. Or the, the 40 minute long goodbye at the front door. Right. Um, so I think for me, that was so much part of my upbringing. And this, and, and this was so drastically different from that, even yeah. though... It shares so much of the same cultural reverence and yeah. reference points, um, but also irreverence in some ways. You know, you're putting your own spin on it. And so that kind of hybridity, that sort of fusion aspect of it, I think really appeals to me, um, probably particularly because of my mixed background, this idea of combining this idea of cultural exchange, because even 
in the early aughts when these Bhangra teams were forming, you know, they were being formed by Punjabis and non-Punjabis alike. And that sort of intersectionality was actually really interesting and dynamic. Yeah. Well, you know, thinking about how even Banganet came to fruition, that the concept I understand, you know, started as, as a screenplay, but made it into this incarnation as a, a musical play. And was that journey for you as a writer, I'm imagining that that must have been complicated and complex and, and but yet had a great outcome. What, what was that like for you? It was really interesting to try to figure out how to musicalize it. And yeah. so much of it, for me, like I grew up on Bollywood films. So like the idea of someone bursting to song is not <laughs> completely foreign, foreign to me. Yeah. <laughs> no, like I'm not like, oh, I don't know about that. Right, <laughs> That's <too> right. Far. <laughs> Yes, that element of it was fun and exciting to be like, wow, all these emotions, like the emotional stakes really heightened when people would have to sing. I think what was interesting was bringing in collaborators. So bringing in Sam Wilmot, who is a lyricist and composer, and bringing in Mike Liu, who's my husband and co-book writer on it. And, you know, in some ways, we always say the best part of the shows of the show is when we don't know who was responsible for it, it's it was sort of, it's none of our story at that point. And I think we worked really hard to figure out how to work together as a unit and to be like one voice. And I think that that's what makes the show what it is. Because like for me, living in the US, being South Asian, you you don't exist in a silo. Yeah. It is so much about navigating so many different cultures, both within other the people that you meet and within yourself as well. Not just, you know, I'm mixed, but I feel like everyone is mixed in some way. And, and it sounds like a lot of that guidance and direction comes from this notion of being led by no one and everyone all at the yeah. same time. And I think that, you know, the hard conversations that we had to have when taking the screenplay and making it into a musical are what I wish some of the hard conversations that we as a society could have. And it's interesting, the show kind of is very meta. It reflects a lot, like whatever hardships we have and whatever disagreements we have, we kind of like put it in the show. We're going to yeah. put it in the show. <laughs> let, it, let it be the emblem for all of it, right? Yeah, exactly. Let me ask you a little bit about that. I mean, it's at least from Bangra as a kind of creative art and as a proxy for other things, there's always seemingly this creative tension or, or friction between what classical tradition is or, or modern expression is of of those traditions. Do you think Bunganit offers any resolution to this for for audience members? And and was this at all different in approach compared to perhaps some of your previous efforts in in writing or creating? You know, I think what's interesting about Bangra is that it's evolved so much already, and you can sure. see evolution you can see you know where it started you can see how it went to the uk and became sort of like this club hall beats and we're lucky to have deep singh as part of the author team as well and he comes from the traditions of uk bhangra yeah. so he's like schooling like my americanized so <laughs> some like is like no no man like this is like more modern and like this is like you know more cutting edge that's very like 90s you know, like, and so um i think for us it's about 
the constant evolution of it and and not figuring out where it's going to go and answering that necessarily, but like figuring out how we all fit into the journey of it mm. um, and where we fit in. Because when I, you know, even now we have the co- the college specialists, they're like, you know, there are rules. And I'm all like, there were no rules. What rules? <laughs> right. We're making the rules up. And so it's so funny to me to see like how, clueless we all were you know in some ways trying to figure out how to form the community of it all and then how you know the students now are you know have this precedence and what they do with that precedent and how they respond to that precedent and so uh, i think that it's really fascinating to look at and to try to create art around that um yeah. and in some ways that theme is in all of my work in terms of like history and how that reflects on you know the decisions that we make now and the and the trauma that we carry with us and sure. all of these things are are sort of part the melting pot of my creative experience at, at its core though the, the experience of bung and it sort of centers around college which i imagine is probably this unique time for everyone you know where this comes to the forefront but particularly for the South Asian American community and in helping to express this on stage for you, what'd you learn about perhaps what the South Asian American college experience is like in, in 2022? And, and were there any aha moments or surprises for that matter that, that you discovered? I think one of the surprises was definitely that there are rules and that like the Bhangra competition circuit has evolved to be such an organized machine. Uh, in some yeah. ways, and it was so fly by the seat of your pants when I dropped in on it. I mean, clearly, it must have been for them to be like, sure, give a writing class, we'll just let you stay here. Yeah. <laughs> and I think also an aha moment for me, I thought of myself as being so put together and so like ahead of my time in some ways. And then when I look back, I realized that there was so many mistakes that I made but you just don't want to hear it at that point in time. And I think some of our cast members were as young as 1920. Yeah. One of the aha moments I had, I realized that like, oh, some of the things that used to get said to me when I was that age were dismissed and also not appreciated, you know, not helpful at the time of because it's like so patronizing to be like, oh, well, you'll learn or you have time. And all these things that I got when I was that age just came rushing back, you know, when we were rehearsing. And I was like, well, you know, when you're 20 and 21, you make (laughs) a lot of mistakes. Like that's what I'm I'm dramatizing the mistakes that we make. And, you know, you don't want to believe that you make mistakes. (laughs) Well, and and interesting, I mean, right, this is not necessarily a story of someone who's in the post-college experience either, right? I mean, that's that's also equally a different time for for many, but rather the college experience and how the organizing of dance and team and and sort of the sociology around all of that, that was very much, I think, I mean, it seems like that's at its core and and perhaps, you know, such a, a, a unique way for all of these kind of tensions and creations to to really plant themselves. Yeah, I think one of the things that I learned that like the tensions in the script that we put in there, like one team has a lot of tensions in act one, 
and the other team has a lot of tensions in act two and you know they they make the team with tensions in act one is making a ton of mistakes there and a team in in act two with the tensions is making a ton of mistakes there and so funny the actors portraying each team are happy 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 when there's no tensions and they're not making mistakes and then the minute they have to like you know embody that it gets very uncomfortable for everyone yeah. involved and then it switches when we start rehearsing act two. Right. <laughs> and it's so funny how life mirrors art and it's so hard to extract yourself and sure. from that energy and that emotion and i realized in the moment this being my first musical that musicals really bring out a lot of emotions <laughs> and it's not just for the audience it's actually for everyone in the room as well I i'm struck by not only how much that resonates but by how the writing, the production, the music, the choreography, the performance is emblematic of a very American cultural experience as opposed to drawing upon Indian or South Asian traditions in, in that way. Be because that looks so different to so many people, like what does that American experience really mean or, or what does it signify? W was that ever a challenge to bring so much kind of breath under one tent? Yeah. You know, we ended up having to talk day one about how this is a second gen story yeah. and everybody's second gen story is going to be different. Yeah. Everyone in the room is going to have a different version of what culture means and a different version of what growing up in America means. And so we had to really talk about the lived experience and how this show can sometimes trigger things, whether it's like, oh my God, this is too close to home or like, oh my God, this was not my experience at all. Yeah. And so we came up with a word for it in the rehearsal room, just to acknowledge the fact that this is gonna bring, that those emotions are stirring. We're like, well, just say tomato. Just whenever <laughs> it comes up, just yell out tomato. And it was actually the most useful thing that we had a tool in the rehearsal room that we could use. It just be like, this might be tomato, but right now I'm feeling like this. Cause there's never been something like this before that has really specifically looked at like the child of immigrants, the children of immigrants. Like what is that experience like? And, or even like third, third gen, like the gen after that. Yeah. Um, it, it, you're right in that, like, you know, the third gen, cause I often think about that for, for my kids in that they'll very much be that third generation Indian American and, and, you know, what that experience would be like. But in your case also, you know, not only taking in what the second gen experience is, and I love the tomato sort of aspect of it, but on top of that also, again, the sort of mixed race individuality, and, and that brings in even more kind of unique perspective in it. As you wove this into the work and into the production, did you find that there was some formula to this? Did you did you find that like, hey, there were some lessons here that we can take away from maybe the next time that we do this? Absolutely. I think for us, musical like this has never existed before. And yeah. so we were creating new models of how to work. You know, our composer lyricist said it at some point, you guys, this show, you, you were walking such a fine line and everyone has to be on the same page and understand the same thing and be telling the same story because otherwise it looks bad. And yeah. like the only way we can succeed is if everything is on point. As we bring in more and more collaborators, everything from like sets to costumes to lights, you know, we have to look at it and be like that beer's too far. 
to the American side. That veers too far into the South Asian side. Yeah. Like where is that? We, it's all about this balance and like any moment when it gets imbalanced, it creates this disjunction in, in me in particular, because I'm so sensitive to portrayals of South Asians and how rare it is in musical theater. I'm like, Oh, that can't happen. Yeah, and, and you want it to be, you're very sensitive to that, and therefore you, you want that portrayal to be reflective of your art yeah, and, and, the, and the meaning and the thought behind it. Yeah, and you also need to give room, which is what I also realized during the process, you need to give room for everyone to make their first draft. Yeah, I always call my first draft the vomit draft because it's like, it's, it's not pretty. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like, that's what you need to start building on. And so allowing room for that and trusting in getting there, everyone getting there is so yeah. much part of the process too. I'm curious how each work of yours has become additive or even layered or linked to the next one, whether that's, you know, are there connections perhaps from modern day arranged marriage or hate or the colonialism project to bung in it and perhaps now to your future projects? Or, or are they completely distinct packages that in some ways kind of like, we made that, we move on, they're sort of separate entities? You know, I think at its core, I'm circling around similar questions. And you can probably see that in each work as it gets sure. along. It, it's more sophisticated each time I ask the question, my my response and my exploration. Yeah. And it's actually funny, Porna Jagannathan, an actor who was um, in Modern Day Arranged Marriage, and she's on a lot, uh, she's working a lot right now. She had come to see the show, the musical, and she had written me and said, reminds me so much of our early days, you know, Mm. because when I'd worked with her, she was one of the first actors I'd worked with. And to me, that's actually the greatest thing ever because I think you don't want to ever lose that spark that the thing the impulse the thing that first got you writing I think that to me that like element of that to stay with each and every piece I ever do is really important to me as the work becomes more sophisticated and mature and as you reach some you know level of success do you f- also find yourself sort of drawing back into foundational pieces or for that matter saying, you know, it's kind of time to strip everything away and get to its core? And I, the reason I ask that is particularly in thinking about South Asian American stories or, or even South Asian, global South Asian stories that, that just aren't told, that don't have to necessarily do with the joy and the vibrancy of, say, uh, a college Bangladesh team, but, you know, deal with you know, loss or, uh, or pain uh, and trauma and how those are resolved and, and don't necessarily have the flair of the Bollywood or monsoon wedding sort of vibe. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of my work tends to ask very serious questions and yeah. deal with serious issues. And it tends to do it in a way that sneaks up on you a little bit. And, you know, with a musical, obviously, there's a lot of splash and splendor and glamour and all the things. Um, But at its core, it still has serious questions for the South Asian American community, for all of us as individuals, for the larger 
hopefully the larger um, BIPOC community can take away from that, like what it means to try to celebrate your traditions in the U.S. Yeah. And I see that in a lot of my work. Some of it is a lot more serious than this. And after something of this nature, which has 19 cast members and like 20 crew and creative personnel involved and you know i i do crave quite like kind of going back and having a little bit more quieter experiences <laughs> within <laughs> myself and so i kind of go i think i go where i guess where my curiosity takes yep are there things that you're learning that you're storing away and saying like huh boy I, I re i'm really learning from what this 19 year old is having to offer as they express themselves and hitting you now as you know in a different phase of your life oh absolutely i think if you don't learn from the people you collaborate with then that's a failure on your part as an artist everybody has something interesting to offer in terms of perspective and i think what my job is is to analyze where they're coming from where I'm coming from and how it syncs up. Yeah. And that to me is what drama is. Yeah. That, that's the essence of drama is where is this person coming from? Where is this person coming from? When they enter a room together, what happens? Yeah. And almost being empathetic to, to that expression and manifestation as it happens and as it unfolds and you sharing that with, with others through your writing is, is terrific. Being a South Asian American creator and um, now navigating through so many terrific works that you've had and things that are upcoming, but also being a, a parent, what are you most proud of and, and perhaps maybe optimistic about as a South Asian American creator in 2022? Hmm. I mean, I won't lie, the last two years for theater and for parenting both have been pretty rough yes so, they have <laughs> it's like the intersection of parenting and theater during a pandemic it's oh my like, god yeah what am i doing um but i will say that i'm so proud we call we call getting the musical up at la jolla our miracle baby it's just tremendous that we were able to get the production up not just the production itself, but for us, Mike and I being married and working together and having to like caravan our family out there and figure out a way to be in rehearsals like every day and have our kids sort of manage through it all, I think to us was so important to yeah. have our kids see us working on something that we love that we're passionate about and to get to bring them to a, like a run through of the show for me was a proud moment. Ari Afsar uh, mentioned that it feels less like the element of representation and much more like the sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. Is that is that more and more the theme of creative works that are forthcoming for you particularly, but in the sort of creative community? I think so. Ari speaks about this show so much better than I ever could. So I feel like she should just, sure. I'm like, 
can you just come with me, Ari, everywhere? <laughs> just talk about the show. Right. Uh, but I do think what I'm seeing like as a community as a whole in terms of the artistic output, I think is becoming more and more an interrogation of how we live our lives in the U.S. as South Asian Americans and as a community. I, I think that's what makes me so hopeful about where we're going because the quality of the work is also just so emotionally connected, I will say. And that makes me so incredibly happy to see that the work has integrity, it has emotional investment, it has a personal viewpoint, and that there's room for multiples of it. I think yeah. that's what needs to happen and that needs to ex keep expanding and that the support for it needs to continue to grow as well. Well, Rahana, that integrity and emotional investment is resonating loudly in your audiences. Thank you so much for joining us and, and I hope we'll have a chance to chat again in the future. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> you can try and catch Bangin' It, a Bangin' new musical this fall at the Huntington Theater in Boston. Remember that really every day is a good day to celebrate the spirit of Mother's Day and for all of us to honor and respect the right to choose it. Till next time, I'm Abhaydarndekar. Because every story told is a lesson learned, because every lesson learned is a story waiting to be told. I'm Abhaydarndekar, and I share stories about people and their purpose. And what they're saying over and over again is, trust me, I know what I'm doing. Listen online at ruckusavenueradio.com and on the Dash Radio app, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, this is Samika, and you're tuned in to Ruckus Avenue Radio exclusively on Dash Radio. 